Hey, John. Hey, Alex. Uh, I have something to say to you. What's that? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Wait, what? My birthday is not till another month. Yes, but when this episode drops, it will be two years of John and Alex hate stuff. Good Lord. On that exact date. And I got you something. What's that? Ad copy. Oh, sweet. Take a look. Well, hey, before I read that, I just want to let you all know that I want to take a second to recommend uh, some podcasts, great podcasts, that are now available on Stitcher Premium. Uh, you know Lauren Lapkus from, uh, you know, your comedy Bang Bang or Freedom? Uh, she's hilarious, and she is back with a new season of her show with special guest Lauren Lapkus, the only podcast where the guest is the host. Only the host who determines the concept of that week's episode knows who she's playing until they begin. And so it's entirely improvised. You never know who's going to show up. And Lauren Lapkus is is one of my favorites on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. So, And if I may jump in, not in the ad copy. I adore Freedom, the show you mentioned, which yeah. is a Stitcher premium original. Nice. I have not listened to that show yet. I always just like her on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, it's Bang. great. That's where I stole her warm-up game from. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also binge on comedy originals like Big Grande's Teacher's Lounge, which the AV Club says mine's pure gold from education's underbelly. But what's great about this is a, it's a behind-the-scenes look at the fictional Hamilton High School. It's told by four of its honors department teachers, played by UCB's Big Grande Improv Group, which is very, very funny. And you can find that on there, uh, along with hours of original and ad-free content like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and the aforementioned comedy Bang Bang. Uh, you can get access to new releases, exclusive bonus episodes, and archives of your favorite podcasts, and hundreds of stand-up comedy albums, which is great, because I usually like to listen to those when I'm working. Uh, Kyle Kinane is a particular favorite of mine. And of I course, like John Mulaney. Oh, he's I'm a- everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason people like John Mulaney. He's very, very funny. Uh, and of course, our show is available every week on Stitcher Premium, and when it comes out every other week. <laughs> yeah, well, it is available every. Let week. me do that. Yeah, it's available every day. Frankly, it's ba- yeah. Whenever you, that's the great thing about Stitcher Premium is that whenever you want it, it's there. Yeah, uh, the Conan O'Brien uh, needs a friend is a really funny concept. It's have you heard about that show? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's him asking people he's interviewed over the years why they're not friends. Like, hey, why yeah. we got along in the show? Why have we taken this deeper? Which really feels like a very Alex thing to do. And I applaud <laughs> him for it. <laughs> but if you are interested in the, uh, all the great stuff we've told you about Stitcher Premium, you can get a free month trial. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use promo code STUFF, S-T-U-F-F, to let you know that we sent you. So go to Stitcher Premium using the promo code STUFF. Uh, yeah, so two years of doing the show. Finally mm-hmm. reading some ad copy. Woo, we made it. We did. We we, we made it. Uh, so much so, I believe we should uh, move to L.A. That's how that's how far we've made it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it would be great to do that. And maybe maybe a story could be told about us. Uh, something bright and colorful. Like Eternal Subject of the Spotless Mind? The very same. That's why we watched La La Land. La La I need to tell you about this this film and what it did to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I am a sucker for a musical. Really? Yeah. I like a musical. I don't watch them that often because a lot of them, what's the word I'm thinking of? Blow. Mm-hmm. Blow horribly. Sure. Uh, or they're just like cheese ball. Just I, That's the, my main problem is I think they kind of lend themselves towards just kind of vapid, cheesy, surface level emotion. Stuff. Saccharine what, nonsense. Saccharine, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I, I tried to avoid them, but the ones that are good, they're, they are good. But this I was thinking, everybody likes this movie, therefore I'm going to hate it. Because mm-hmm. I'm a contrarian ass for the most part. But fucking A, was I charmed from just 
maybe not moment one, mm-hmm. but really early in the movie, this thing fucking got me, which is weird because the music in it, not very good. Uh, I uh, don't really like musicals. I think most of the musicals I saw are either animated or have the word cannibal in them. Like I've seen, I've, I've actually seen a couple Broadway shows, whatever. I have nothing against them. There's just not something I seek out, but some of that's the same reason. I, I find some of them saccharine. Some of the old ones, like I got a chance to see, uh, West Side Story in 70 millimeter on, at the uh, Hollywood theater. Amazing. Like that was so much fun. And this similar thing, I went in kind of, yeah, I don't know. I'll go see this. Uh, but I still really enjoyed it. But yeah, one of my biggest complaints about this, now being sort of ignorant of musicals and the variety of musicals there are, walking away from a musical, not remembering any songs from that musical, that doesn't seem great. Yeah, the music's not good, and it was striking how weak their voices were. And not, they weren't bad, mm-hmm. but it was, it was to me, very noticeable they weren't singers. Right, yeah. but I, for me, that works for the charm of the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. it, it does seem like, but no, I think just it, it gives it this element of realism that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not like some sort of uh, Dogma 95 cinema verite kind of thing, but it just felt more grounded, I guess. For even like some of the more fantastic stuff that happens and as wild as it is, I kind of liked that they weren't pitch perfect, if you will. No, oh, I got you. I think Dogma came out in like 97, 98 though. No, like, it was like no. Clerks nope. was like 90. Oh, I am not <laughs> going down <laughs> Yes, you are. Um... Kevin Smith again. Now, well, I, I sort of disagree with her. I think the charm works for him not being a very strong singer, but she's like in the movie, she's the predominant entertainer. Right. It feels weird that like her character being, I want to be an actress, I want to be on stage, doesn't have a big voice. It just, it not that it lands weird, but it's like my one complaint about But the it's mo- Emma Stone, who's a big actress. But in the, yeah, I suppose. I just mean like in the film, she seems more like a- A triple threat. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably the term. I mean, yeah. maybe that's the problem is just because it is under the guise of musical, but it's just like when she goes home and there's all these like awards in a room and stuff, it strikes me as someone that took singing lessons and blah, blah, blah. But mm. like in the movie, it just seems like, oh, that person's like, she's got a good voice. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, but it was weird. And yeah, you're right about these very forgettable songs. Like I am yeah. struggling to it's remember like anything from it. The stars, baby, dancing in Hollywood. Well, there was... um. Wait, what is it? Oh, no, City of Stars. Okay, yeah, I that's... I really like watching it's, Star It's kind Wars. of like, it's like the Avengers theme song. Where yeah. If you play it anywhere else, I'm like, I don't know what that is. But as soon as I'm seeing the Avengers and that comes up, like, oh, yeah, yeah. this thing. Um, And there's a lot of them that sounded like other songs. It's, it all seemed like almost like from a... So there was a lot of times where I was like singing other songs along with it. I have no examples right now, but it's just anytime... <laughs> but, but trust me, it happened. No, but like... It, it, if people at home, if you watch this movie again, just really pay attention to the melody, and it always seems like it could go into six other songs. Uh-huh. And it, uh, so like, what, like written by an algorithm? Yeah. We fed uh, this computer every musical ever made, and right. this is what came out. Though for uh, uh, a movie musical, I, well, frankly, anything, you know how like poison dart frogs are that color or like things in nature are, like brightly colored to warn off predators because they're, they're yeah. poison? This movie has such a poison dart frog of an opening for me. Like it is yes. the most, like as soon as this started, it's the this, uh, it's a traffic jam in in LA and people get out of their cars and start singing and it's all, 
and I'm miserable because this just seems like being stuck in a room full of theater kids, which worst, is one of the worst things I can imagine. Worst scene in the film is the opening. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it starts off on a really weak foot. But I do like the cut from the musical number to them just being in traffic holding yeah. the horn down is a nice thing. And it's, a, I mean, it's a fun bit. Like the idea of it is fun. Like it's, yeah. it's brightly colored and then they're opening up the back of a, of a stop truck and the movers are in there playing musical instruments. And it's this great kind of like throwback old musical thing. But the it's like watching a live version of Lin Manuel Miranda's tweets. Yeah, <laughs> it's just awful. I'm, and I'm, and like also in the in the depressing face of of climate death that we're experiencing, the whole time I'm just looking about. Look at all that space that's wasted by all those cars. Yeah, but that's not the movie's fault. But I still uh, couldn't help but think about it. I was a little annoyed at. Um, there was a really unenthusiastic parkour guy. The guy that just kept spinning out his butt on the kind of the, the what do you what do you call the highway separators? Bellastrade, yeah. whatever that thing is. He just kept spinning on it. And that was his big move. And he just distracted me with like, I could do that. Like, that's yeah, but not. He, he, but the thing is, he might have been told like, no, you just spin. Oh, like, I can do all these other things. He's like, no, no, no. For this, for the mise-en-scene, we need you to just spin on your ass. Whether it's the parkour artist's fault or the director, either way, it drew my eye and but. That's, I mean, that's like toddler parkour. That's uh-huh. like, that's like, hey, look, I could go on my, on my diaper down the steps. Same thing with the guy on the bike. There's one part where a guy on a, on a bike, like, rides up a car and turns around and, like, rides back down. He just kind of looks annoyed that he's doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was good, uh, the, the skateboarder had good timing. Like, there were some nice oh, sure. parts, but, yeah, that was the weakest part of the film for me. I did, but as far as a entry into characters meeting each other, them, him, like, flipping her off and, like, holding the horn down, I thought was a fun intro. And yeah, well, they do a lot of feints in this movie yeah. in terms of, like, what you think this movie's going to be versus what it is, including further down in the story, like, how you think this movie's going to play out. And then it's like, no... But it, not in this sort of like arch way, but it's just, it uh, uh, defies expectations a little bit. Yeah. For what you're typically, for, for me, what I would typically expect out of out of a musical that's trying to, to sail off of being just charming alone. Yeah, it did, it did a good job of that. I did like the, it wasn't a will they, won't they. It's, oh, they're kind of dicks to each other. And yeah. I did like how that became a, it actually reminded me of those 40s musicals where like the really, like it's a sassy dame. Right. I mean, for back then, you know. Um it's funny, I'm looking at my notes here and like everything is based around songs I don't remember. So I'm like, at one point it says, uh, someone to be found solo bit is nice where it's like, oh, I sort of remember that happening. But yeah, the songs are just slippery. It just, yeah, yeah that that was a that, thing. That killed some time. I mean, the, the, the only one that really sticks with me and it's not even the song, but with their first meeting, uh, she she ends up going to this Hollywood party and... Uh, they, they've met before, but that their first like real big hangout when they sing just a song about like what a crappy night and what a wasted view. And then Which, they have this like little dance. That's that's the part that won me over. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I am so in this fucking movie right now. This is mine. I love this. I'm going to watch it a million times. I just need to skip that first scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of stuff in that opening that takes a while to get going because you, you're introduced to them. And I did like that the movie does a really good, I, I thought the movie walked this fine line of romanticizing Hollywood but also sort of being a little cynical about Hollywood without without going into either side of it because, you know, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, but Oscars will nominate any movie that's about the movies. But it also just didn't go to like, what a soulless place and everyone hates you. You got a little bit of that in her, you, you get this montage of her auditions where like she's pouring out her heart and like someone like knocks on the door and just comes in. What a beautifully articulated scene! Where and that was so so well done. Yeah, she's crying, and you could see through the the window on the door this lady trying to hold up a post-it note, trying not to be interrupting in the most interrupting way ever. Yeah, really beautifully kind of paced scene. And uh, yeah, a lot of that, the, a lot of the um, audition stuff, I just loved. Where 
you can tell it's just a headshot. Need to hear your voice. Okay, that no, I think we have enough. Like, oh, it's just brutal. Which uh, is it's funny. So when a movie like this happens and it points out how hard it is to make it in Hollywood, any small role in that movie, I think about the people involved in that. It's like how many other people just showed up and they did the same thing happened to them to play oh, yeah. a character in the movie that interrupts Emma Stone. There was a there was a thousand person line to play butt scoot parkour guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Damn, I did too much ass scooting, not enough butt scooting. Yeah, oh, God, I did it again. But so you get a little of that, and then it, it switches to, to Ryan Gosling's perspective. And he's – and th- this movie took a lot of flack for this when it first came out because he's this big jazz nerd. And people were like, oh, I didn't, I could do without him mansplaining jazz or this white guy explaining jazz. The movie knows it. The movie, know, the movie knows he's kind of full of himself and an asshole. Yeah. I never took it as like, oh, yeah, no, now I get jazz. I just took it as like, this is this guy's character. Like he's into jazz. This is, this is him explaining it because he's into it. But I didn't feel like it's up to him to try to save it. Or his ideas that he needed to save it were pompous as fuck. And everyone tells him that. Well, I think this is a good thing to introduce into the, into the film that I think a lot of people lost because reading the reviews of it, or at least reading um, people review, not like, you know, movie reviewer reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the surface level, like the, the, the falsity Mm-hmm. That is in the movie. I think people missed. Like I don't. I think they want her and him to be these beautiful people that are falling in love. It's yeah. like, well, no, she's a surface level actress lady that doesn't have much depth to start with. And yeah, he's he's some asshole white knight. Like the, these are L.A. types. Like right. that's what they're playing off of. These are that like that guy at the party is like, oh yeah, I got my script signed. It's like the three bears, but it's Goldilocks yeah. and three bears, but from the three bears perspective. That's what this movie is. That's the whole point of the end sequence where they go behind the scenes of the movie being behind the scenes is that this is ersatz. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they're playing with the expectation. I think people missed that and thought he was like, a legitimate hero. Right. That they're, yeah. that they're, I mean, because I think part of it is, perhaps to his detriment in that regard, but that these actors are so good that they give these characters like such depth. Like, yeah, Emma Stone doesn't have a whole, I said Emma Stone's, like I'm the valet guys on Keenan Peel. Emma Stone doesn't have, uh, her character doesn't have a whole lot of depth, but man, she wrings everything she can out of that character. Yeah. And, and I, she's, th- this movie really made me fall in love with her as an actress. And like, cause I've only seen her in a couple things before, but after this and um, the favorite, I she's fantastic. Yeah. It's almost, a, I mean, not a detriment to the film, but it's almost a detriment to the the message of the film or like the, th- the throughput of the film mm. that they're so charming. Yeah. Cause like, I was like in love with both of them. I'm like, oh, he's perfect. And I'm like, oh, I'm falling for it. Like, oh, yeah. oh, this is bad. I would like, this is like a Tinder thing where three months later you're in a relationship with someone and you go, Oh, Jesus Christ, how the, what did I not see this before? But, but isn't that great though? Like no, it is. To, I, to see a movie and, and just not for like, it's not trying to sell you anything more than it yeah. is. You know, it's not like, no, this is part of some sort of uh, La La Land expanded universe or, yeah. you know, whatever. It's just like, no, this is not to sound like a grandpa. It's like, yeah, this is like the way pictures used to be made. But I think in the way pictures used to be made, they had like... Humphrey Bogart was a schlub that ran away, but he's got a heart of gold. Like that's like it's it's it, there's an obviousness to it. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, Ryan Gosling's just super charming, so you don't realize like he's essentially one of the guys from Swingers, right? You know that's yeah. why that's why he's wearing a vest while cooking eggs. Yeah, you he's know, an he's, asshole. Yeah, he probably like, calls owns things a, money back in fucking yeah, ninety four and owns a piano stool that no one can sit on, which I love that bit. Yeah, no, yeah. it's great. Like I said, like the movie, the movie is well aware. And let's you know repeatedly that he's kind of an ass about this stuff. And yeah. like, even though it is your dream, it's still annoying as hell. I probably, I mean, even though I said it as well, I probably would step back from ass. I would probably say he's genuinely quirky. 
Like not in like like people use quirky to mean cute yeah. and I have one like I mean like an actual like oh yeah, that's like a weird like that's a quirk in like a quirk flaw way. Like uh like if your computer's quirky, you're infuriated by it. Like well, it's not it's, like, oh my computer charmingly just opened up iTunes for five minutes. If I if I uh may may crib an idea from from my friend Milo, it's like when you I think some of it's coming from Portland, because when you get to Portland, like much like when they people would arrive at Ellis Island, they're like, No, we're shortening your name. In Portland, there's this big machine, looks like a slot machine, and you and you pull the handle, and it tells you what quirk you're going to have. Yeah. And so it's just given to you. So to see, to the idea that someone might actually be like that, is uh, is astounding to me. I'm a manic depressive dream boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I the slots got very confused. I actually landed midway between <laughs> between yeah. uh, big beard and uh, into indie music. Yeah. No, I got uh, uh, rides bikes likes mustard. Like yeah, it was right in that right in that weird sweet I, spot. You know, I had my fingers crossed. I'm like, come on, mustard, come on, mustard, come <laughs> yeah. on, mustard. It's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet gig. Oh, artisanal well, a bagels. Little, a little. Better. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so these characters are surface kind of whatever. But I think again for the the sort of artificiality of the movie, it works to have these like somewhat base characters because it's just a journey of archetypes. And a different, a different telling of the Achieving Your Dream story. Exactly. You know, Joseph Campbell once. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I do love uh, early on in the film. I mean, not really early on. I, I don't want to go through, like, the whole thing step by step because mm-hmm. I don't think I could. But, um, and again, again, I'm shocked how little of the music I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh I like, like. I remember the bits. I remember like the people running, uh, like the yeah. cameras whipping around the pool. Which, if, if I may interrupt for a second, how great Please. the camera work is in this movie. Oh yeah, like so many of these long takes throughout. So not only just in the in the musical thing, so it's like the classic. You can see people dancing and stuff like that, but just like when he's in his apartment and his sister is there, and the camera's like just constantly moving around, yeah. uh, and it's like well, I might even be just one solid take, but it really like. Again, for the artificiality of the movie, it makes the space seem lived in and um, like more realistic in this weird way. Yeah, I, uh, that was great. Uh, the kind of dance sequences as well, how they kept one take. Like yeah. the, the first one where they're bitching, where they're saying like uh, uh, "lousy view," isn't it? Which mm-hmm. is such like a '40s number. But like that's like it's not one long take, but there's very long takes in that sequence. Which for two people that aren't, and let me just use my behind the scenes terms here, hoofers. Uh-huh. I mean. They 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 hit it out of the park, yeah. Johnny. But yeah, there was a nice kind of long take sequence, and there's also the um, the different color schemes they use. I really like. Yeah, they've got that like kind of blue purple pastel. You know, like like the sun setting, and then they've got like the yellow interiors. Like it just I don't know. It's got this is the dumbest way to word it, but it it's got an LA. Uh, color theme, which mm. a lot of LA movies don't. They either do the everything smoggy, but this is like uh, like the eyedropper tool in Photoshop going, oh, LA has this color. Now I can paint this entire scene right. in an LA-esque cover. Because that, that, uh, the, the traffic jam scene, it's not like there's smog. They don't do it in the stereotypical yeah. LA, shitty LA, you know, Or like the down. Michael Bay LA. It's, yeah. It's this very, yeah, it's a very technicolored kind of thing. And even like when she's going out to party with her friends at the beginning, and like she's wearing a blue dress, they're wearing a red dress. Yeah, like, like it's this very kind of basic color stuff, but it pops and it's beautiful. Yeah, and I did enjoy them saying, "Oh, I don't want to go to some glass house and just like deal with some douchebags." Right, or social like, climbers that all just live in a glass house. Yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy that because that is every LA movie where like it's probably LA. I'm guessing I've I've not been there, mm-hmm. but like especially, and I certainly would never if I was there be in fancy people's houses. But it's always that dickhead with like the whole glass wall that's living on a mountain right. fucking mountainside that's about to fall off. Yeah. And, uh, that, that, uh, I was going to say, oh yeah. So I like the part 
in the beginning of the movie where he just can't play the fucking Christmas songs. And yeah. who is it? Was it Ed Harris? No, it's J.K. Oh, yeah, Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. J.K. Yeah. Uh, Simmons has the fire. It's such a, that's a fun sequence because one, you're showing his kind of funny jerk side. Yes. Of, so what I'm hearing is like, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm you're saying fired. you're fired. Okay, no, no, no. So you want me to go back to the set list? I just, I really enjoyed that. Well, it's also just nice to see Ryan Gosling not brooding and staring at stuff. Because I feel like movies I really like him in or that I've seen that I really enjoyed that he's in, he's just silently staring at stuff. Like Drive or Blade Runner 2049. He's just I think brooding. I've only seen him in Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if I've seen another movie with Ryan Gosling on it. Drive. It's, it's, uh, it's, I heard it was I good. I like it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I may have because I truly believe he is Ryan Reynolds. Mm. I mean, they, they could not be more different. Their face is exactly the same. They have, they both have long faces. They have I'll the same you, face. Mm, yeah, I mean, I it's not the same face, but like you could swap them in any fucking movie. Their voices are kind of similar. They Man, both, I, I they could, both seem Canadian. I don't know. If, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Ryan Gosling is, is raised in the sweet U.S. of A. Is he? Yeah. Is he, he from, used to be a Mouseketeer back in the Is day. he from that like weird part of of America that's sort of like Canada? You mean not the East Coast or the West Coast? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, the stuff no one cares about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Well, where I am from. Like that weird yeah. corn place you're yeah, from. The weird corn about. place. Yeah. That's, that's what it means. Yeah. The corn palace where John grew up. <laughs> Yes, I grew up in a corn maze, and then you found me and lifted me up, and now we podcast. So her uh, getting her car uh, towed and having to walk home from L.A., Yeah, uh, the movie had kind of already grabbed me at this point a little bit, uh, but I love that that narration style of, oh, I have to walk home and now I hear the music, so I go in and that's that guy. And this is the first moment of like, oh, this movie's more than it seems. is where he just fucking shoulders her on the way right, out. Right, yeah. It isn't a romantic meeting. He's an ass. Literally throws a shoulder to this pretty lady that he already screamed at earlier in the car. I'm like, oh, well, I'll end. You're yeah. doing something for me here. And also, I shouldn't feel this way. What? I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting like whatever male menopause is. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel everything <laughs> oh is <God>. very sweet. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but think that she was going to go in there and meet her friend, her old friend, Nick Nightingale, who's going to take her to some weird party. Cause I also thought about that's why she left the party. Cause her friends are still there, uh, at the Hollywood party. It's just her leaving by herself. I'm like, Oh, like the Fidelio shit started. She's oh like, yeah. Yeah. It's we're just walking It's away. a big Hollywood order. Or, uh, going back to another movie we did, uh, the giant murder already happened because the red lanterns were hung oh, outside. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a two year anniversary. So let's just reference just, everything. Yeah. yeah. We're like, we're like Avengers Endgame. It's just going to be stuff for people that liked us at the beginning. Yeah. And that's where Ruby Rod came out. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, he's, he's working at some restaurant playing Christmas tunes, gets kicked out because he's an asshole and needs, he's got the jazz flowing in him, baby. And uh, yeah, just, you think this is their meat cue to know he just shoulders her. And uh, later she's at a party and if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't she date like a, a couple of Greg's? Because I thought, like, the the scriptwriter guy she meets is also named Greg. I think so. And then later, uh-huh. when this, like, her boyfriend, Greg, it's this, like, it's like this uh, financial bro. If, if that's, And I thought that was a hilarious little, little I think bit. they made them look like each other on purpose. So I think that's the, yeah, maybe they had the same name as well. I, but that, oh, God, I love that guy at the party that was but talking also, about the reimagining of Goldilocks. Yeah. Who's, I get, that guy is actually a, a scriptwriter and I think uh, wrote Wonder Woman. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. What I what I love, though, is that, so, and then- no, a little bit later, I think it's like spring because this movie takes place during different seasons. There's title cards telling you that she's at a, a a a different Hollywood party, and there's this just this horrendous cover of uh, "Take on Me" playing. Yeah, it's uh-huh. and I'm thinking about how much I hate 
movies uh, that do this kind of thing. Like, why is there this cover? This is this is awful. And kind of like the artificiality of, of Hollywood and movies and, and how they do this kind of stuff. And then it turns out it's Ryan Gosling is is playing in this crappy band that's doing the cover. And I like that slow reveal. Yeah. Again, I've talked before how I'm just a sucker for, for uh, what ends up being diegetic music. But it, in this case, I, I really liked it because I was very annoyed and then... Yeah, and him playing the guitar is yeah. beautiful, but also nice setup for later where he gets, you know, in the, like where the band becomes big and he's essentially playing guitar in the band. Yeah. It's, it is a nice, like, this movie does have nice, like, kind of circular, like, like callbacks to itself. Mm-hmm. That, and, that doesn't, like, that doesn't underline. It just sort of, a lot of yeah. them, they just kind of let it play and, and lets you watch. Yeah, and they, so this was the party that they do the walk home uh, watching the sunset. That right. was that was the take on me party. Yeah. So here's the things I like about that. One, that dance sequence is lovely. I like the how how ugly this is. Like I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just like a fun. That's so 1940s. Yeah. That just like yeah. I hate you, but let's dance. About yeah, it. yeah. I, I, not like the beat it style. It's like I hate you. Let's have a dance knife fight. Yeah, which I mean, I also like as well. You know, sure. West Side Story, as you referenced, um, beautiful. But uh, the small moment I liked in that was two small moments. One, she can't find her car. The running joke of everybody has a Prius. Uh huh. Sorry, it's easy, but no, I found yeah. it funny. It's, Whatever. It's an easy joke, yeah. but it's, and look, I, I got to laugh at it. But I did like just small moment of, because he's trying to be a dick. Mm-hmm. After he lets her off in the car, he's like, no, I'm just up here. Because the pretense was he's walking to his car because it's in that direction. Mm-hmm. And after she draws off, it's revealed, no, his car was directly across the street from the house. He just wanted to walk with her. Right. It's small and stupid, but that's that's one of those moments you, a lot of movies don't, they don't commit to something like that. It yeah. would just be the obvious thing where it's like, you're showing him being the asshole but also him being the it's early early knowings of like oh maybe he actually is like a decent guy underneath the thing yeah he stops at the coffee shop and she's she's in the middle of a gluten conversation which is um i'm just gonna say very la having never been there sure but i've yeah. watched a lot of tv so i'm pretty sure i understand mm-hmm. it super yeah. well uh, but I do like that, that shitty customer lady of, is this gluten free? Well, why would it be gluten free? Uh, but I, again, it, like, the, I think that was the first one that hit me where I was like, this was someone that auditioned for this role. And oh, yeah. like, <laughs> like, what's with all these, all these, you know, did someone have like, of like was really going about, like I used my internal struggle with gluten in this, in this audition and then someone <laughs> just interrupted them. And yeah, he picks her up at the coffee shop and they're going on the walk and that's where the, him being kind of insufferable about jazz. Mm-hmm. Though I do like. The, oh, I don't like jazz and his immediate, like, you, what? Yeah. His overplayed thing is kind of fun. Cause I, I like that style of person in real life. Cause I, I like a pretentious person when they're like obsessed with something. Hmm. Shut up. <laughs> but I don't like when they have no humor about it. And I like right. how he like, he immediately went into shtick. Yeah. And I, I like that. Inst- well, even, even their whole thing previous where he at the party where he's in the shitty band they're this 80s cover band and she makes them play uh was it hungry like the wolf no no, no it's uh um i ran by oh yeah, Seagulls, yeah, yeah which is just like the, yeah the, the keyboard part of that is real stupid hmm. and and basic and he uh like corners her later and it's kind of like like they're having this fun flirty angry thing but just when the guy comes over and is like uh you know like, hey uh, next set it's like he doesn't tell me what to do it's like he just literally told you what to do yeah. but he doesn't like that kind of like you get the sense that he's still an asshole. Yeah. But it was it was done in a in a, in a, a fun, playful way. Yeah, it's like self like not even self referential, but mm-hmm. like yeah. Not of... like not like in the again, I I, I mentioned earlier, uh watching Vice Principles and in Danny uh, McBride, his like his whole shtick is like I'm an asshole and I'm good like I'm a funny asshole, but I'm I'm like it would, it's like that same exact scene would play out in a Danny McBride thing, but he'd be a lot less likable about it. He's still funny and hilarious. But you wouldn't walk away going, oh, that's kind of charming. Yeah. Where Ryan Gosling pulls that off. 
I blame them mostly on the jawline. Because I don't know if you picked up on this. That Ryan Gosling, great teeth. Oh, no, I did. I wasn't looking at the teeth. I, I wasn't either. I just was about to compliment him, and I realized, oh, I haven't complimented, I haven't uh, commented on a guy's teeth in a while. Yeah. So I'll just go for it. Uh, I will say, however, Emma Stone, some big eyes on her. Yeah. Those are some fucking big ass eyes. Yeah. Christina Ricci style. Yeah. She's got some Ricci eyes, but not nearly as big of a forehead. So it's no. like kind of far more proportionate. You're, fo- you're focused on the eyes. Yeah, not the forehead, which I, as someone with a, with what I think gently would be called an eight head, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with Christina. Yeah. I feel like we could have, we could have some, some very gray alien looking children <laughs> with the size of this fucking cranium. <laughs> convert to the leader from Hulk. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm trying to, what, what was the name of the MTV show? Was it just called The Head? The Head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's me and Christina Ricci's kid. Uh, but no, she's like, particularly at, at the beginning of the, the scene I mentioned, we mentioned earlier where she's giving this very heartfelt audition and, um, the person interrupts. She's just on the, she's supposed to, her character's supposed to be on the phone doing this and you just, it's all in the eyes. And it's very impressive to have to play that part as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's again, not to keep referencing Marvel movies and like that. So many of these movies now are people acting against green screen and stuff like that. And you don't really think about how weird and off-putting that might be as an actor. Yeah. I know Jennifer Connelly in Ang Lee's Hulk talked about how humiliating it was to like act against a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah, there was somebody from, uh, I think it was like Captain Typho or one of the guys from episode one where he joined in because he wanted to act against Natalie Portman because he'd seen her in um, Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm acting against a fucking green tennis ball with a green background. Fuck this. And he just bounced and left. The, I don't even think he got, maybe he didn't even like show up on screen, but hmm. it was one of those like, no, this is embarrassing yeah. as an actor. But then Liam you... Neeson said he had to he had to take a year off from acting uh, because he was so exhausted from having to act just on green screen the entire time. But which is interesting because like that seems like the audition process is yeah, you get this very bored yeah. agent who's like, the, you're the 45th person I've seen today. Okay, give me the speech from Taken. You know? But you know, uh, you're talking about everybody had to rehearse or, or uh, audition for the role. How great must it be for an actor that's got on so many auditions to be the dickhead on the other side yeah. of the, on the other side of the <laughs> desk for once. Yeah. Oh, that must be so much fun after like years of struggling and you yeah. land the role and you get to be the dick that, oh, that's I so dedicate good. this performance to Gary over at Spellman casting. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. you did, Gary. Fucking Gary. Oh yeah. Another thing about that, that, uh, uh, the party scene where he's in the aha thing is her sarcastic dancing. Yeah, that was hilarious. Beautiful. Like she, yeah. again, is is immensely charming. I think up until this point, I had only seen her in Superbad. And I remember enjoying her in Superbad, but like just kind of being- Wait, who was she in Superbad? The the girl that kind of Jonah Hill's sort of love interest, like they have partners in- Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't put that together. So she was trying to, but then she got, she, like so many other people were in a, just like a whole bunch of like romantic comedies yeah. and something. And I was like, ah, I don't really care. But so- not really having an idea of just what a what a uh, a non screen presence uh, she is, because like, that was that was so funny and just it felt it felt natural to the world of this movie that she would kind of egg him on in that way. Because yeah. again, it's this like screw you, but kind of flirty. Yeah, and... she's got yeah. She has this weird. You know, it's I I, I keep thinking about it. So one bit of trivia I actually read was that Emma Watson, the uh, Harry Potter lady, and I'm not saying this just to bring up Harry Potter, yeah. but she was supposed to be in this role, huh. and she declined it to be in Beauty and the Beast. Who Ryan Gosling was supposed to be Beast in that. Blah blah blah. The whole thing is. But I just I was picturing Emma Watson, in it, and Emma Watson is elegant. She's very beautiful, but she's not charming. And I uh, yeah, think this I would be that. a very different movie yeah. with her. 
her in the role. And that just made me like, uh, uh, oh, I've said too many Emma's now. Emma Stone is in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's kind of like the the whole thing with uh, her. Spike Jones is her is that he had someone else record the voice of the of the computer, but then went like, "This is too cold." If we actually have Scarlett Johansson do it, her voice is just sort of more yeah. human. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't imagine Emma Watson in this role. And nothing against Emma Watson is it is. Dude, an she's actor, good, but, just, but this isn't like it doesn't. This doesn't feel like that would be. Yeah. yeah so I just I, I keep it, but I, I'm not familiar with uh, Emma Stone that that much. But now I kind of want to go back. Like, is she in other good movies? Because I want to watch her be an actress. Well, like I said, the favorite is is fantastic, and uh, there have been a, a few Saturday Night Live sketches that she's she's very, very really. She's been on the show yeah. a few times. Yeah, and uh, and has, and has held her own. She's no Steven Seagal in that regard. Yeah, and in that regard only. Oh, okay. So they're on. They they take their walk. They go to Jazz Town. They go to Jazz Town. They jazzing it up. And here's a part I liked, and it, which I I noted while I'm watching, and I'm really glad they paid it back. And it's because I'm just a romantic ass at heart. Keep in mind, literally hold a degree in poetry. Went to school for it. I'm wrong in the head. But them walking away, one turning around, going like, huh, and be like, uh, like. Kind of, I think there's might be something. Yeah. And as her head turns back, he turns around or whatever it is, yeah. and they just miss noticing they look at each other. One, I fucking love timing like that on mm-hmm. screen, especially in like a you know like a wide shot. But just the timing that's so beautiful, and they pay that back like twice over the course of the movie. Yeah. And I just ah, oh, that's so ah, oh, that gets me. You know, that gets what, me my stone dead heart. You know what I hate about this show is the first thing I thought of when that moment was happening was the conjuring. Oh, really? <laughs> there's a moment the conjuring. Where uh, Vera Farmiga, Farmiga. Uh, like, table. <laughs> is turning her head as this ghost is is turning its head, mm. and I liked the timing of that. That was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy the uh, the the them not seeing yeah. each other again. Like the 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 choreography and some of this is again for a layman. Like I'm sure they're actual musical theater people. They're like, oh, well, you can just tell how awful they are. I it was enough for me. It was fun. I yeah light. I the them not being professional dancers didn't bother me because I don't have the the knowledge base to yeah. know that 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 looked impressive to yeah. me as I we I've already said the the singing obviously they're not professional singers but like the dancing I thought was fine I mean I better than I can do well but, and and I guess because there are some people listening to the show that don't know who we are and and I really can't stress enough how weird it is that we like this movie because we record this whole podcast wearing full corpse paint spikes. Huge mayhem poster on the wall. Uh, we were big Scandinavian death metal guys. I there's nothing I like better than burning a church down and then eating a part of the brain of my band member. Yep, a la mayhem. Yeah, I, Which I thought La La Land really helped capture that feeling. Yeah, I did like that that part. That, it, my favorite number in this was City of Stars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, the end of their kind of walk jazz thing, he goes. He, he, she makes a reference to, and another thing I love about them being surface level, she makes a reference to uh, A Rebel Without a Cause, and he's like, you've never seen the movie, have you? Which I think is a beautiful surface actressy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so Just great. surface any jerk, basically. Oh, okay, uh, no, totally. Yeah. But, I mean, it works for her being an actress. And, yeah. and also, like, later in the movie, it calls her out for being an actress during a fight where it's like, but that's accurate. I mean, you shouldn't have said that. Right, You're an yeah. asshole, but, like, it's it's like, that's what we're watching. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she... Fucks up and realizes she has a date with Greg. Her, One of the her, Gregs, yeah. Her, her incredibly boring. And I love the dull conversation that's happening. Yeah, where focusing it's like on home her. theaters and yeah. And they're just complaining about like, oh, well, I was in Venezuela. And I was like, now where I really need to go is it's reinforced in somewhere because it's less, you know, it's more primitive, more untouched. And she's just like wide eyed, like, mm-hmm. fuck this. 
And her thing, not even if she just, I'm so sorry. And just fucking, she just dumps the guy to go yeah. see Rebel Without a Cause. And then a beautiful, you know, old school Hollywood moment of her standing in the projector spotlight. Yeah. Looking for him in the. Uh, well, again, again like, I, I really like that. I think the best way this, that this movie sort of pays homage to a classic Hollywood is in moments like that. Like you see her walking by like a mural of like, ah, here's Charlie Chaplin and, uh, you know, all these other stars or whatever, like sitting in, in chairs watching a movie that I'm sure just litter LA. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, fuck if I know. But like even the Rebel Without a Cause thing is just like they work it into the plot. But I just think that it gives off a vibe of those old movies rather than consciously going like, you remember Fred Astaire, everybody? Yeah. You know? And um, I thought that handled it really, really well. Again, like, so this movie, because I'd seen it before in the theater, and, and I also didn't remember it that much, and so watching it again for the show, um, like, this would have been the movie. You know what I mean? Like, this, it should have ended here for a lot of movies. You know, like, oh, no, she turns out she really loves him, and then they, they get together. Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. They, they fit in the normal movie early on, and that's why I love the... I both love and and think they missed a little bit in the third act. Not even just the third act, the way they ended the film, the last, you know, mm-hmm. 10 minutes or so. But I, I love the way it ended in that, I mean, just skipping ahead, that they don't they don't end up together. Mm-hmm. What, what a fucking skew of expectation. Like, I really, I I like that they that didn't happen. Yeah, but it but was... the way they did it, I just thought was a little awkward. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what's so magical about this this first opening bit. Is this very this? It's very Hollywoody in that in the, in the style of it, and like you have, really culminates with the moment of them going to. They're about to kiss in the movie, and uh, the the projector breaks. Yeah, and Hulk Hogan gets up, and starts, screaming <laughs> yeah, at his starts yelling at the brain gremlin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, much like that, this movie itself, uh, the screen breaks and they're, they're forced back into sort of a, a reality of, of what's going on. But they go then to the um, uh, Griffith uh, Observatory. Griffith, yeah. And that's where there's this this weird dancing number where they end up like floating in the air. Like yeah. But it's all just like, yeah, why wouldn't this happen? You know what I mean? Like it's this magical realism that just just nestles so nicely in this movie. Uh, and that's a lovely sequence uh, of them dancing. And then, um, so yeah, like like this seems like where, that's where the movie would end. But then it's no, there's there's actually a relationship going on here, and it, it yeah. ends up turning the movie ends up turning into more about chasing your dreams and sometimes you find the right person to like push you towards that. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're the love of your life, but like that can happen. And well, this is, this is, I think the awkward part of the movie for me is anything with, uh, is that John legend? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I didn't know. I just, I knew that must've been just a musician cause he's not very good at acting. Mm. Um, so it's like, Oh, that musician guy. I thought this was clunky and it's fine to throw a wedge between them. She's focused on her play. He's kind of, got with his band because he wants to be successful in front of her. And then, you know, that's pretty standard tropes. But it slows the movie down. I think they needed, um, as their relationship phrase, I think they should have either had a, uh, you know, lean on a lamppost, Tom Waits, dour song. Like sure. a, like a, like a it sort low... of stops being a musical at a certain Yeah. There, there needed to either be a low musical number there or cut that sequence down a lot because it's like we get it. We didn't need so much of him and her. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't, well, it's, that it's, didn't sit right. I, I understand the idea behind it in terms of, uh, so here's this, here's the, the, this classic Hollywood, almost artificial, again, the magical realism of a musical. And then when the relationship actually gets real, we're going to, we're going to go away from that and get into sort of like an actual movie. 
and that like the, the musical element of it is is more of like the high points and it comes again it comes across again at the end yeah but at the same time i don't i don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with the execution but you are kind of left wanting a little bit because you're like well i thought it was this movie and even though you've subverted my expectations not in a bad way i still would like that theme of it to go through because i was enjoying the songs and the dancing yeah i i just i wanted like i wanted there to be the high and then the really low point to have a low number i just think it would have been it would have made the movie more cohesive because there's that that movie bit like you know kind of second to into the third act Mm -hmm. where they're on tour or whatever just it doesn't I don't know. It just doesn't pop as much as the rest of the film, and not in like a, I, not in the way they intended it. It feels like, like I just, yeah. don't, I don't think it just the tone of it works particularly well. And I think he doesn't sell what's going on in his mind well enough. Like it's either, oh, I'm really falling for this life, and I like playing synth keyboard, or I'm miserable doing it. Like, like there's no, like you're just kind of like seeing him sort of enjoying himself. Which he's done the entire rest of the movie. That right, like, it, well, because you get you get the sense that, particularly in the photo shoot scene, that he is like he's happy to have this work. And, and one of the reasons he got the steady steady gig was that she kind of threw him a little shade of like that seemed like a thing and wouldn't be great if you had a job and you could do this to you know pay for your dream club. That he's like, oh, this, what am I selling my soul for? But then when he is on tour and like playing for the crowds, he seems to really dig it. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and I understand like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't need to be all one way or the other, but at the same time, I, I kind of agree that he's, Ryan Gosling is sometimes an enigma in terms of what, what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. It just, it, that didn't hit very well. And like, there was, it seems like they have a shorthand between each other really early on. So they understand each other, at least on a certain level where them not being able to talk this out felt felt like, well, this is the part of the movie where they have to break up. Like, it, like, cause mm-hmm. that's, that's an easy conversation to have. Go, well, no, the reason I wanted you to get a job is because I wanted you to have your jazz club. I'm sorry if that wasn't clear, but that's what I was going with. I was actually wanting you to get your dream. And he could go, oh, well, my mistake. I mean, I, I yes, of course I want to be on tour, but yeah, maybe I can focus on that. Or if I'm going to be on tour, why don't you come with me in a way that I can actually validate you as an artist as well and, and go, well, when you're done with your play, you like, yeah. For some reason, like, oh, we, we're really good at communicating so much to the point that we can artistically dance with each other perfectly from first meeting. But from that amount of articulation between two people to I can't say the simplest fucking thing that mm-hmm. would that would at least turn down the temperature of this argument very readily felt just forced writing. Like, this, yeah. this has to happen right now well, instead of it naturally Yeah, happening. again, it sort of feels like that. That juxtaposition of of the the feeling, the musical feeling of falling in love versus the the gritty reality of maintaining a relationship. Yeah, we're kind of at like them like breaking up. Yeah, so or they, getting yeah, in his, their big fight. His yeah. his musical career with John Legend, which I guess is interesting because he Ryan Gosling can play the guitar. John Legend, known for playing the keyboards, they switched it up for the movie. Yeah, and I didn't know that that Ryan got like Ryan Gosling. Learned, like the guy played the piano, learned how to, you know, much like you see him doing at the beginning of the movie, uh, someone like made the piano track and then Ryan Gosling like spent multiple hours a day learning to play the piano, just those things. Yeah. I was looking for that and it looked like him playing the piano. Which, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I mean, which, I have yeah, no idea, but impressive. again, like, well, no, it's certainly in the trivia that he, that he learned, you know, whatever the finger version of phonetically is like, he right. play piano, but he learned how to play those sequences with his fingers. And, and, and again, we're talking about the cinematography of this movie, like being able to see these actors do this stuff and not just have to be like, cut, 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 cut. Here's the close of the fingers on the guitar and whatever. 
putting it all in this world, watching them do that, I thought was much more sort of engaging. Yeah, the, the the only musical part I didn't care for was anything with John Legend. There's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. Um, like not in, not like musically. Like I think he's a fine musician, but like it like on screen presence. There's just something like it just felt. What did it just kind of feel like? Uh, hey, everybody, here's John Legend. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like even like even like like Meatloaf in Fight Club. He does a great job. He hits it out of the park sure. with that role. But it's still like, hey, look, it's Meatloaf. Yeah. Like, there's just, I can't, I can't not just look at him and go, hey, fuck it. Like, even like Ryan Gosling, the man is incredibly famous. But I fell into it. I forgot that's Ryan Gosling. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, and again, with the whole charm of this movie, it's like, man, these are movie stars in that like classic sense. Yeah. You know, it's not like, here's a, here's a drunk Colin Farrell showing up. Um, I don't know why I picked on him, but I did. I don't know. Why not? Uh, oh, this is where I said... He's Hollywood's uh, bad boy. Uh, I'd like to have a sad number here. So her her play takes a shit. He doesn't show up. And she just says, fuck this, I quit. In in the, in the reality of, of things, like the, a whole text conversation would have happened. Also... But I, I like that they didn't do that. I honestly do. Yeah, but it just... This bothers me. Uh, again, the the... It's just, it's a little lazy writing wise. Just it's, this is where they need to break up. Because they're good at communicating... He seems like a nice guy. He at no point does he say to John, "Hey, could I push back the photo shoot two hours?" Which is something that they're used to because they deal with rock stars all the time. Yeah. I need to go see my girlfriend's play. Well, he, one, he even straight asks, "Like, is that okay?" And not in a threatening manner, in a very friendly John Legend manner. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling. But it's also, yeah, maybe Ryan Gosling is actually making that choice at that point because they've already had the argument. Yeah, you know? th- that's true, but I feel and like the I whole would... the whole communication thing is that well maybe you know a lot of times when relationships go south communication breaks down. But I would have liked I either would have liked more of the communication breaking down being obvious or more of his change of opinion. Mm-hmm. More, uh, like I just felt like it was just a story. It's it's not to bring up Game of Thrones, but it felt like the last season of Game of Thrones were like we just have to hit these plot points sure. where this was just the plot part of the movie instead of it being a natural way that the the characters and the and the story flow this is just oh well this is the plot point because we need to hit the, the ebb or the flow right there yeah. there's a lot more of it just sort of telling you than, than showing yeah you. and this and also yeah so this is where i wish there was a sad number so she basically just goes home and this is where i re-like the movie is he drives to nevada yeah he gets a he answers a phone call to the, to their address then it's a casting agent that actually saw her her one woman performance and and likes the show and has has an audition for her and she has given up and yeah, and fucked off to home. Yeah, and she doesn't answer her phone, so he drives to find her. And but there's two many things I love because this is where I re re like the movie. Mm-hmm. Is one we know that they don't get back together, which I love. But he just honks the horn because they've established his horn is very loud. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he's got a big dick. I mean, his horn is just very loud. He, he's honking the horn. She comes outside. He's like, "You have to blah blah blah. You have to go back to Vegas." So it was like, "Why the fuck wouldn't you?" And it's uh, go back to LA. I mean, why wouldn't you? There's this lovely back and forth. And he goes, "By the way, how did you find my house?" He's like, "Well, it's the one across from the library," which is like, "Oh, you sweet little man. Yeah. You listened to her. Very so you drove thing. from yeah. fucking LA to some small town in Nevada." found this library and that's why you just you honk the horn adjacent to a library to find this lady and that should be and this is what I love about the truth that should be the oh that is the man for me who the fuck does that nope yeah. That's just him being a nice, like, that's just him like, getting her the fucking, yeah. the, I want to help you do this. Cause I think you, ha- like, he genuinely thinks she has the talent and the, yeah. the mocks. I, I think that is a, that is a fucking beautiful bit of writing and it almost makes up for like the hacky, we we're, we're in a fight bit. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is a beautiful thing. Love. Exciting. You do. 
This is the one part. Yeah. So this is uh, the the song that I did like that I, though I forgot. So she, they drive back to L.A. She does the audition and it goes really well. There were Griffiths uh, Griffiths Observatory overlook during the day, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, where are we at right now? And this is the uh, the here's to the mess that we make song, which is not a great song, but I love the message of it. It's just yeah. like, oh, I don't know, it's just just messy life stuff, and like, I don't know where we're at, but you just got a cool audition, and I've I'm on tour, and yeah. here's to the like life is messy, and I'm like, oh, I like this. Like, it's not like we're not moving towards clean uh, happily ever after. They're we're not towards... even trying. Yeah, I think that's I, yeah. Again, expectation, and maybe I just don't watch enough. Maybe every musical is like this, and I've only seen the shitty ones. I don't think so. Because also, I've noticed not a single singing cat in this. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with my okay. experience with musicals, finally, we're getting to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's the message we make: lovely, beautiful thing. Five years later, I like this happening, but I think them doing the fake out of whether they're married or not was a little obvious. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's because um, I, I feel like in the scene before, they really solidify like. This isn't about us. This is about you. Yeah, this is like, yeah, we've, we've now done the, the mess we make thing is like, okay, this is the transitory period. This is life being messy. Yeah. So yeah, this isn't the lead up to five years later, wife and kid yeah. with each other thing. So yeah, that was a little awkward. That, that, that whole last bit just felt a little too extended for my taste. But yeah, I, I didn't like her with the guy that looks like Greg. Yeah, who's uh, one of the actors from uh, That Thing You Do. That's the only thing I, I recognize. Him. Oh, that's totally yeah. him. That's the, like the main guy. That's like the drummer guy, right? I've never seen the movie. Oh, yeah, no, that totally... You would like uh, That Thing You Do, uh, I, I believe. That's a, a weirdly charming film. But um, I, yeah, it went a little long, but I did... I I liked the kind of... Uh, what's it, what, what the fuck was that? Sliding Doors? Yeah. Like, like where the alternate things happen. Yeah. Lot. Almost fucking... Let's say Rashomon, so we sound more fancy. Like, I like... That where they're stuck in traffic, it's like fuck it. Let's not let's not go to the thing. We'll just let's stop somewhere and get food. She walks in and Carabas. It's Seb's. Yep, that's a Star Wars Rebels yep. reference. Nope. <laughs> okay, because you got it. Yep, I did, and I'm uh, not happy. You should feel terrible about yep. that. Uh, but yeah, and then she he's playing jazz and it's great. And uh, well, no, no, he's not. This is what I like. He's not playing jazz. Mm. Some other guy's on piano, and then he comes up, because I think that's a much better setup, yeah. is they walk in, somebody else is on piano, get a drink, sit right, down, right, right. establish. I'm not used to movies doing things well, so I like <laughs> yeah, to point yeah. it out. Like, we watch yeah. so many things with some asshole with a cape. So it's like, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, because then they establish him coming in, you know, stage left or whatever, and it's like, I love that, and that's the eye contact thing yeah. that they're going to call back once again, but they meet, like, you know that they're there, he plays the song, and I think that this is a combination of an infuriating and beautiful, that mm-hmm. within the song, it's the story of what their life would have yeah. been, which is hacky as fuck, but they did it so well. It's, that sequence is beautiful. It's, it's yeah. a nice sequence. As irritated I was, is like, yeah, I just fucking saw this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was still kind of sweet. Like, it had won me over enough that I'm like, eh, all right. And I liked when they were doing the... Daffy Duck being erased by the by the cartoonist thing where they go behind the scenes of the movie yeah. and they're in like painted things and they're in the fake Paris and yeah oh I'm, I'm like oh fuck I'm so in I'm right. back I'm back I'm just wearing movie. the artifice on its sleeve it's and, great. and I love that they circle back around to the traffic jam going okay we should probably just leave the highway going back into the club her her douchebag that I just I really hate that her husband looks like the shitty boyfriends from before because it yeah. makes you feel like her life didn't work out but right like so, but she's her kid looks awesome so maybe you know but I, but I also like that kind of I mean it's it's a bummer for I suppose that character but it also 
again, for not everything being sparkly and nice, that like, well, I'm sure she likes this guy fine, but he probably sucks. Yeah, I just you know? wish he didn't look like fucking Greg. You know? Yeah. But, um, I love hey, that- the world's I, full of Gregs. I love that they take the exit. I love that they walk into the same club and that mm-hmm. circles back around. It was like so beautiful. And her leaving, she, and, uh, boyfriend's like, or husband's like, we want to have another? She's like, nah, we're good. We should really head home. Yeah. Life is in the way, Jurassic Park style. But then she turns around the way back and they didn't miss. They make fucking mad eye contact. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I see you. You see me. Look, it worked out. I even got the fucking, the musical note yeah. as the possessive S. It's like, oh, that's such a great callback. It's yeah. so beautiful. And also it made me feel like. Oh, this movie tricked me because I thought I was clever to notice them not seeing each other in that one scene. But no, that's apparently the most obvious fucking thing in the goddamn universe. And they fucking held my hand to notice it. But I'm like, ooh, look how look how they're using this. <laughs> but I also just like that um, fatalistic isn't the right word. But just that that like this relationship was great and it and it was it was wonderful for the both of us. But it wasn't meant to be in that yeah. way. And I like that rather than like, oh, and everything's perfect all the time. Yeah, and uh, they did establish it with that that I'll always love you thing. Yeah, which I like that on a like I have like, I mean I'm gonna take two girlfriends in the past that I'm pretty sure like whatever age I live to I'm still gonna love them in some way. Like mm-hmm. it's just now this is like a permanent thing. Like it's yeah. just like you've you've etched yourself in, and I I like that's and not that it's subtle, but that's like that's a sort of love you don't see in movies very often. Right. Where it's like. Well, yes, this was romantic and it still is, but it's not. Dana Gould yeah. always had a, had a bit about that where he's talking about how like movies always end with that because it doesn't show Sleepless in Seattle five years later where it's like, I don't know, just buy whatever fucking cereal you want or, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's just that kind of shit. And I like that this kind of did a little bit of that. And that, that love, because again, talking about that, that sort of the fake out of the, of the marriage thing. Yeah, the scene before, they're literally going, no, I'll always love you. It does feel like this this finality to it that like yeah. no we both recognize this is done, but it still meant something, and it doesn't have to be forever to still mean something. Yeah, and I and I I like that for for being a a on its surface of sort of a facile musical it was it was uh, deep deeper than expected in that way. Yeah, true. I I I'm I can't I can't say enough how much I enjoyed this movie, and I was shocked by that because yeah no I'm, I'm actually pop- kind of stoked that it worked out this way because because yeah. I remember when I when I saw like walking out just be like yeah that's fine and that's still basically my opinion. I want to watch all of this movie, but about twelve minutes, like sure. another sixty times. Like I'm like I love like eighty seven percent of this movie. I'm in fucking love with. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I would I mean. Not, I was not expecting to like it as much on this, on the second watch, but I still did. But going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, uh, uh, it is a movie that I had fun watching and for the purposes, purposes of this show, I had fun talking about, but by tomorrow, I'll forget everything about it. Yeah. And it is, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. If you want to talk about like awards and stuff like that, that's a whole other conversation, but it was a wonderful movie experience. Yeah. And I'm just going to walk away from it and it's fine. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's anything deeper than that necessarily. It does make me interested to watch the director, uh, his other movie, Whiplash, again with J.K. Simmons, because that's another movie about a relationship to art, but it's a lot more sort of competitive and, and adversarial, whereas this is like, let's all help each other achieve our dreams. Yeah, like when they're at the F1 races and he tries to kill Tony Stark when he's driving. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, 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 I saw that movie. I'm so mad I get that reference. Yep. So this is the second conversation today that I've had about Iron Man 2. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that tells you where my life is, how my life is going. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, uh, no, it is like, it's it's fluffy enough that, yeah, I can just walk away from it and, and it's fine. But I still think like it's worth seeing and thinking about. I just don't think that's going to 
hold up. Like you're not going to think about it too much after you see it. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a it's a it's a elevated musical. Like at least like you know uh, as far as like the the themes of it, which yeah. is nice because a lot of musicals are really just you know hey here's a snappy number let's yeah. just have so it's nice to you know see adult love shown on screen instead of you know the the kind of whatever that epic you know kissing in the rain and that's the entirety of it you know mm-hmm. that you weirdly enough kissing in the rain this this almost reminds me like the love in this movie almost reminds me of uh high fidelity mm. with that kind of i i don't remember that movie oh all right but well i'll take your word for it yeah I, people at i'm home. agreeing yeah. with you yes. yes uh yeah so la la land john if there's mm. one thing i like more than a musical it's a world war two alternate history I can believe it. You sold that real well. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, we're going to watch Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. The Tarantino one, not the other one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, we're going to do Quentin Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is playing at the Cannes Film Festival right now and is is generating some hot buzz. And we like to be on the forefront of yeah, hot you know buzzes. Hot, hot buzz. Hot. Thy name be Jaws. Buzz, yeah. Jaws rhymes with buzz, if you think about it. In a way, if you say <laughs> if you say one of them weird, if you think about it in like a MAGA hat wearing way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally rhyme. Uh, yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, excited to see it. Uh, John and I were just discussing maybe our first foray into a Brad Pitt movie on the show. Yeah, certainly our first foray into the works of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, sir, yeah but more so, it's shocking to me, and I'm going to have to go through every movie we've seen so far yeah. on the show if we've not done a Brad Pitt. That seems bizarre to me. That right? Somehow we would have missed. It. A Brad Pitt. Yeah. And your favorite, Eli Roth. Eli Roth, yes. Yeah. Everyone's favorite. John's He's... favorite. John loves uh, not only his movies, but his politics and his views on women. Um, yeah. <laughs> that yes. is... I, I'm actually unfamiliar with anything Eli Roth has to say. Look, I'll uh, be honest with you. I think I just confused him with someone else. Okay. I intimated that he's a shitty person. And I yeah, think I'm I thinking of a different I don't guy. Know. Based on how bad Cabin Fever was and some of his other movies, I'm I'm inclined to think that that's the case. Yeah. But I don't know the guy. I don't want to say that much, but uh, I think his movies are trash. Yes. So we're watching that next week. Uh, John, if you could do me a huge favor and to end the show, could you tell them our Stitcher code again? Just Once so? again. Get a free month trial of Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code STUFF. Yes. Do that thing that John just said. Yeah, it's a free it's a free month. Yeah, free month. Like you just like you don't have to pay. So you finally don't have to pay for this podcast and you can get a free month. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye everybody.